0: Yak Shamash, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday night edition of the Killbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's 5th Quarter. And make sure you guys go to Bucky's 5th Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion, uh, especially with the number 9 Wisconsin Badgers in the AP pool, number 8 in the coaches, headed to Nebraska, Saturday night tilt, Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we won't be there, but we'll make sure we bring you all the highlights and all the discussion uh, for that, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. You'll hear... From one of the Wisconsin Badgers later in the show, uh, I gotta pick a number and figure out which player I should uh, reference. So uh, we got some good discussion going on there. Uh, we'll talk about the Badgers and the Huskers with a little later uh, with Parker Gabriel, former B5Q writer uh, who is, went out west and, and now making his home uh, in uh, you know the Lincoln, Omaha area, and uh, we'll talk with Parker who does. Uh, Husker extra out there. Uh, we'll get to him in just a bit for the Journal Star, uh, but for now, uh, Scotty and I got the pulse travel Scott Wisniewski, and uh, we promise you it's not going to be as crazy as Ed Ogeron's, uh weekly radio show. If you don't follow the beat of Ross Dellinger from uh, from in Louisiana, that sounds like it was a kind of a bat crap crazy show with, with callers coming in and being mad at him after. LSU's lost to Troy. So, Scotty, I promise you it's not going to get that crazy, especially with our next guest. we got Tex Western from the Acme Packing Company, uh, acmepackingcompany.com. Tex, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good, and don't rule out crazy when I'm here. I'm, I'm sitting here drinking a couple of Moon Mans and having a good time, so we might get a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
2: well, you know, I, I think sometimes you know, when I talk to the resident Packer fans that, that they hang around, they need some uh, some of that just to relax a little bit. I don't know <laughs> that I recall a fan base that's got as much angst for a team that's 3-1 and one in, in quite some time. And I understand injuries, Tex. I really do. And we'll talk about that in depth because it seems like the Packers get snaked by injuries more than any team uh, in the league. But uh, your th- just generally your thoughts over what are you hearing from the fans? It just seems like there's a lot of hand wringing for a team that's right now, like I said, three and one a quarter of the way through the season.
1: Oh, you're totally right, and and there's I'm not sure if it's if, if there's a, a an expectation that's out of whack. I'm not sure what uh, what fans are looking for. That they're not getting out of this team, and and maybe it's just fundamentally a, a function of the fact that um, in the the rematch down in Atlanta in week two, you know the the, the Packers looked kind of outmatched again, um, and and they've been beaten up on a couple of uh, you know not so very good teams these last two weeks. So I think uh, this week against Dallas will be a, a good measuring stick game, especially going on the road. See if you can um, repeat the the defeat that you had down there in. in or- the the victory over Dallas that they had in the playoffs last year, hopefully with uh, some less um, less dramatic circumstances. But uh, no, I think this is a, a good measuring stick game, especially for the defense. I think that's that's one of the, the undersold things about this team is yeah, coming out of that Atlanta game, they've they've you know they looked a little rough, but you're starting to see these young players uh, pitching in really well. Kevin King has really carved out a role now already as a starting corner. You've seen Josh Jones develop into a, a, a real interesting player at that kind of money-backer role. So there's fun things to watch on this team, and, and there's every reason to think that they're going to be right in there you know, in the hunt for a, a number-one seed when it gets down to the end of the season.
0: And, you know, judging off of this, too, Tex, and I'm looking at AcmePackingCompany.com, the fine SB Nation site that covers all things Green Bay Packers, and I'm looking at the injury report, and I just saw your article go up there uh just a little bit ago what are you seeing with who could play who can't play uh what are the odds that you're going to see the fact that you're not going to have possibly your stew your two tackles you know not being available for sunday's game which i mean they've their packers are three and one and they've done a magnificent job
1: yeah it's it's it's, (laughs) yeah it's it's really encouraging what what we saw from for practice today and, and admittedly it's it's their unpadded practice, so tomorrow's Thursday's report will really be the, the big one. But the fact that the team had only one player sit-out practice today, and that, that was inside linebacker Joe Thomas. Um not, not that Thomas isn't a, isn't a useful piece, but you've got both your tackles out there practicing. You've got both running backs who got injured last week against Chicago, Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, both out there practicing. Williams was a shock to him me that he was a full participant too not even limited um especially with how bad that knee and that knee injury looked on the field last week so yeah there's reason to be excited about the the health of this team moving forward especially with this little mini buy now behind him a couple extra days to rest up hopefully these tackles will get back and you can stop starting a, a four guard lineup on the offensive line and i think that more than anything is is the position where the packers need to to get that health back they can deal without montgomery and williams for a couple of games if they have to um you can deal with an injury here and there on the defense but um for for an extended period of time you know having those two tackles out really fundamentally changes what the packers have to do on offense and um and having them back would be a huge boost especially against dallas this week
2: well you know Tex, you talk about the injuries and some of the encouragement we've seen with some of these players coming back although i still think it's going to be hard for Ty montgomery to play a lot with those broken ribs but we'll see but a non-injury story that cropped up um, on Thursday night is was the, the Demarius Randall situation. Your take on that? Uh, first of all, the the situation itself, and how much is this going to affect his playing time? Is you know is, is he going to start? Is he going to be limited? Is he going to be on a short leash? What's the overall feel you get from from the team dealing with Randall?
1: Yeah, the whole situation is is bizarre, because as as you saw in the game last Thursday, he gets benched after giving up that touchdown and then basically not trying on the extra point. Um, And then, you know, now we've got conflicting reports coming out. As of Friday, it sounded like he had actually left the team facility, left the stadium, um, either during or immediately after the game. Um, Now we're getting reports that he didn't actually leave until the team was released, but he did end up going to the locker room. Not that that's necessarily a whole lot better. So the... Team's staying real tight-lipped about it. He's, I mean, he's still on the roster. He's still practicing. Um, you, you certainly think he's still got a role in the secondary, but but like you said, what that role is going to be remains to be seen. I think you've certainly seen Kevin King take uh, full control of one of the starting spots at, at cornerback, and with Devon House looking like um, he's practicing this week, so he may end up coming back and and having that other side lockdown. You may see Randall in um, as a as a rotational player, giving those guys a rest here and there, um, kind of rotating in with with Josh Hawkins. So I, I think that's where you're you're looking at him moving forward, at least in the next week or two, um, until the, the Packers can see a little more from him, um, you know, see him show a little bit more maturity and and really uh, fundamentally uh, just fundamentally play better because you know he's certainly been struggling even though he's been healthy uh, throughout the season so but but definitely he he looks like with with house coming back he's probably third maybe even fourth behind josh hawkins in the pecking order right now
0: you're with tex western here uh, on bucky's fifth quarters Kilbasa king sports extravaganza of course you can find tex at, on twitter at tex western and you look at uh, going to looking at this game right and you look at, at Dallas, it's Green Bay, it's a big matchup. You talked about the theatrics last year in the playoffs uh, before the, the Packers uh, got their butts handed to them by the Falcons, uh, you know, the week later. Uh, it was a dramatic scene, the Jared Cook reception leading to uh, the Mason Crosby game-winning field goal. How do you feel this game's going to play out? Like, What are the keys, in your opinion, uh, to dealing with Dallas uh, You know, and, and dealing with... The atmosphere, and it means another three twenty five game, and a game that I'll have to miss part of it for my son's soccer game. Uh, hashtag family first. Uh, but then you gotta go and uh, what are just some of the keys that you're seeing uh, for the Packers to you know move to, to four and one before they head off to face the Vikings next Sat uh, next Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about this game is going to be um, the the offensive matchups, and and I I think this there's going to be a lot of points. In this game, I, I think um, the Packers' defense has struggled to uh, to stop the run this year. They've actually done a very good job against the pass, which is kind of unusual for for them in recent uh, recent years. They've only, uh, I think, they've given up the the fifth fewest passing yards so far this season. But the, the running de- the rushing defense is you know a bottom half defense again. And and the Packers have made no bones about it that that's you know that that's something they're willing to give up as yards on the ground as long as they can keep um, keep opposing quarterbacks in check. So um in this case you know I think I think Zeke Elliott's likely to have a big game unless something happens with with the appeal of his suspension and if if that ends up getting reinstated but I'm I'm operating under the assumption he'll play he'll probably play well um and and there's going to be a lot of points scored on both sides um Sean Lee the linebacker for uh, for Dallas he's a question mark again he didn't practice today either so I think there's definitely going to be some opportunities for Aaron Rodgers to exploit in the middle of the field and um I think you'll see a lot of the same kind of short passing game that you've seen uh, throughout the season so far. Um, you know, and, and depending on which running backs are, are out there, you, you may you may see um, a lot of that play action where where the, like the Packers used on Thursday against the Bears come into play. So again, just just I'm expecting a lot of points. Um, I don't know that we're necessarily going to get to you know Atlanta pack Atlanta Green Bay from the regular season last year where it was. Last Best team with the ball wins, but, you know, probably something in the upper 20s, maybe low 30s is, is definitely feasible. Well, and
2: you know, Tex, this this Dallas team, and it's too early in the season to say it's a must-win, especially with the Cowboys in their division. Still very much the best team in that division. But last year, the, their record was a little bit over their head. I thought they were a good team, obviously not as good as showed But for them, they're thinking, hey, we we could have our third loss of the season in game five, so maybe there's a little bit more incentive there. You talk about Ezekiel Elliott, you're absolutely right. I don't think – if we don't get something a decision tomorrow, I think he's going to play. That offensive line is very, very good. Do you think, though, by letting Ezekiel Elliott be Ezekiel Elliott and just trying to stop the pass, that's going to be enough of the defense to win this game?
1: no i don't um i i do think that if if zeke has a huge day that that's that's going to be a lot of trouble um just because the, the 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 ground control offense the the ability to to pound the ball and, and keep the ball out of aaron rogers hands is the best way to beat a, a packers team um and so so in that in that instance yeah I, I completely agree that if zeke goes off i think that's the best chance dallas has to win this game um but the the Packers have shown a willingness in the last couple of weeks to use a little bit more of their base defense uh, against power running teams. They did quite a bit against Chicago, but the difference there is that Chicago had Mike Glennon starting at quarterback, and they had you know um, you know guys that are pretty much brought in off the street at this point playing receiver. Whereas Dallas obviously has Dak Prescott and Des Bryant, so I, I think that's that's sort of a pick your poison at this point. Um, you, you you can't really sell out entirely uh, with that base 3-4 um, against the run and and not expect to, to have Prescott and Bryant beat you over the top a, a little bit. So I think the Packers will still use a lot of their nitro defense. Um, I, I do think Josh Jones has been effective in that role as an inside linebacker. I think you'll see a lot of that again this week. Um, heaven my might- Mike Daniels back, if, if he's able to play, I think that'll be huge for the run defense. And, and if he is indeed back, between him and Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and even Quinton Dial on the inside, that's going to free up a lot um, uh, uh, for Dom Capers to be able to use that nitro defense, stick with the nickel um, alignments, and, and be able to at least have a hope of containing Zeke while still being able to put five de- defensive backs on the field.
0: And, Tex, you know, just a <clears throat> another question, too, before we let you go for the evening... Uh, we got just to with uh, in general. Uh, what have you liked about this team so far? In, in your opinion, you know, and the use of, uh, just uh, how they've gotten to this point and, and gotten through the injuries. Uh, I mean, how what have you liked about this team so far early on?
1: Well, I, you mentioned it there. Is is there's a resilience to this squad so far that um, I don't know if we've seen necessarily out of other other Packers teams. I mean, Lane Taylor moving out from left guard to left tackle, having never played tackle aside from maybe one rep in practice in college, you know, in his life, and having a fantastic game against the Bears. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing guys who are thrown into various different roles. Morgan Burnett, for example, who started the season playing Nitro linebacker, played some safety. Now he's playing basically a full-time slot corner position with, with – Jones playing linebacker and Cantrell Bryce at safety, and and Burnett has given up one catch in the past two games out of the slot. Um, you're seeing these guys play roles that they aren't necessarily um, used to, but they're, they're doing a really good job with it, and and you're also seeing the young players again. Uh, I can't I can't say enough about King and Jones um, what they've allowed the, the team to do and and overcome some of the injuries that they've had I think that's the, the the emergence of those players has has really been exciting I think you're you're gonna see a lot of Kevin King on Des Bryant again this week and he certainly seems like a kid who's got the attitude to to be a shutdown corner in time um, obviously he's not there yet but um, he's certainly got all the athletic ability um, and and the attitude to do it so yeah between the resilience the the play of some of the rookies um and obviously you know Aaron Rodgers is is just as fun to watch as he ever is so um that certainly adds up to a fun team to watch
0: excellent Scott you got anything for uh, for Tex before we let him enjoy no. the rest of his evening
2: no no I think we've taken up enough of his time it's always a pleasure though and and I know you know we'll we'll get to talk again more as the season rolls on but you know, I still think, especially with some of the injuries in the division now, and with Minnesota losing Cook, I still think this division belongs—the Packers' division—to lose. Now, I've—we've seen weirder things happen over the years, but I just think people need to—not to steal Aaron Rodgers' thunder—but relax a little bit, man. It's three and one.
1: Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm with you there. And I guess if I could leave anybody with one thing, it's. The Packers are giving up the eighth-fewest yards on defense of any team in the NFL right now. So, you know, cool, cool it on the defense, cool it on the Dom Capers hot seat talk, and obviously it's there, there's a long season to go here, but um, what he's doing is working right now. And, um, you know, Mike McCarthy's done a good job game planning. He's He had a great game plan against the Bears. I think he'll have another good one against Dallas this week, and um, I think he got a, a real good chance of seeing the Packers get to 4-1. and one.
2: Hey, Tex, here's a question for another time. I just want you to think about this. Who is more maligned in Wisconsin as an assistant coach, Don <laughs> Capers or Ed Cedar?
3: Oh,
1: man. Ooh, that's a good one. That's <laughs> so, a, that I'll, is a good I'll, I'll, one. I'll, I'll some time to, time I'll to, to that think some that over. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll need some thought on that one. All that right. <laughs> Tex, thanks so much for
0: your time, man. Uh, we'll see how many hot takes people have today after the during and after the Green Bay Packers take on the Dallas Cowboys. A uh, lot of people know where they can find you at.
1: Uh, you can always find me at tech, at, uh, at Tex Western on Twitter. You can find the blog at Acme Packing Co. on Twitter. And, it's as always, it's acmepackingcompany.com.
0: Awesome. Evan, thanks so much. Uh, what You know what we're going to do now? We're going to take a break. Uh, we're actually gonna play some audio from Dakota Dixon talking with us earlier today. Uh, the I think it was the Walter Camp senior player uh, senior uh, player of the game. if I'm not mistaken this week after 12 tackles, one and a half sacks and registering that safety in Wisconsin's 33-24 victory over Northwestern to open the Big Ten conference season. When we come back, we got Parker Gabriel talking some Nebraska Huskers and what the Wisconsin possibly could do against the Huskers. On Saturday night in Lincoln, this is the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter.
4: Cody, obviously last year you had the play against Nebraska that clinched the game. Uh, can we expect a the game this year?
5: Um, to be honest, you don't know what to expect. Um, and, and that's not my job. I don't. I don't worry about. Uh, a close game or a close matchup of any sort. I just worry about doing my job and executing. Um, it's a new year, new season, so that's, that's, that's my main
4: focus. When the pass rush is as good as it was against Northwestern, how easy does that make you
3: like, to do your job?
5: Yeah, of course, absolutely. As a defensive back, it makes you extremely comfortable. Um, I wouldn't say extremely comfortable, but um, just knowing that they're, you, know, you have that type of uh, mentality up front, you know it's going to put stress on the quarterback. Um, he may make throws that he doesn't want to make. And they feel pressured and make um, undecisive decisions, which is all the more for us. As long as we're communicating and doing fine in the back end, I think uh, it just makes the game a lot smoother. <laughs> I, would say. I wouldn't say easier, but smoother.
0: What do you see out of Tanner?
5: Um, he's good. Yes,
3: absolutely.
5: Good quarter. Yeah, I feel like he's good. He's a good, good player, um, just like anybody else, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't focus on guys and hype them up no matter who they are. To be honest, um, we got 11 players. You got 11 players who can execute the most and stay the most consistent. That's all I worry about. So um, he's, a, he's a good player though, absolutely. Okay.
4: Being Just, a trophy game, does that give like you hyped up
5: any more than a normal game would? Um, to me, no, I'm not really playing for no, uh, I don't think of it like that. Obviously, obviously it's cool, uh, it's, that's nice to have. You know, um, but I'm not playing for that. I'm not playing for no trophy. I'm playing for the guys to the left and the right of me, and I'm, I'm more concerned about them. So um, it, it's going to be. I mean, I guess that's the benefits of winning the game, obviously. But a win is a win and a loss is a loss. That doesn't really make a difference to me.
4: This game kind of has big implications for perhaps the rest of the division. So in that sense, is it kind of a really crucial game to your season?
5: Um, I think every Big Ten game is, uh, to be honest, especially with our schedule, the way the way it's scheduled out now, like everything is Big Ten you know now. Um, so I think every big, uh, every game is important. Um, everything matters moving forward, every practice, every Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it, it, has, it has big implications, no doubt.
0: For the Nebraska offense, is there one thing that makes it tick more than the other, like the rushing attack leads to the passing game? What have you seen from, from that offense on tape?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they definitely like to get the like to uh, establish the running game. Um, and obviously, you got to be aware of play action. They like to take shots. I mean, they like to mess with your eyes and play with your eyes. and play with your rules. So I think the biggest thing is communicating this week and being on the same page and playing disciplined football.
0: And what do you, what do you see on you know in terms of play action? Those wide receivers and, and just uh, what do you see on film from from what you'll from who you'll have to defend on Saturday night?
5: Yeah, they're good. The receivers got some juice. They got juice. They're, they're, they're pretty good. They're uh, quick. Obviously, um, some of them are bigger than others, but they're, they're, they're pretty explosive players. They're, they're good in space. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to do our job. You know, we got we got to win our 111s. You know, if we get an opportunity to make a play, we just got to make
6: it. We-
0: Done. Dante said that you're kind of like one of
6: his big brothers, one of his mentors. How do you feel about how he's been progressing
5: so far this season? Um, Dante's doing well. He's doing well. Uh, he's getting a lot better. He's getting smarter with the game, uh, which is one of the, the biggest things. It's, it's not being able to physically do it. We all can physically do it, otherwise we wouldn't be here. But it's mentally being able to you know, focus and kind of um, separate mentally.
0: And I think he's doing a good job, he's doing a really good job, he's
5: progressing each week.
0: Mentoring in general, being one of the upperclassmen, you know, and being here for a while and being one of the leaders on the team, just how do you take your role as being a mentor here at Wisconsin?
5: Um, I never really looked at it that way. I never really looked at it as a mentor. Um, I, I do acknowledge that I do have a leadership role and I own that. Um, I will own that. I, I have no excuses. Um, Um, But, obviously, it's important because it's it's not just for myself, but the program will will continue to go. And I'm a proud, you know, uh, player, student-athlete to even come here. Um, It's a world-class education. You get to play the best football in America. So um, it's setting a standard for the guys that's behind us and kind of just showing them the way it should be done moving forward because I'm not going to be here forever. Trell's not going to be here forever. Uh, Nick's not going to be here. DT's not going to be here forever. A lot of important guys aren't going to be here forever. you know. So um, it's, it's just important, I think, to kind of establish not just the way for football, but just the way of life, um, kind of how to live and,
0: and separate yourself like that. So. Uh, haven't I seen Scott Nelson, the true freshman <laughs> safety, kind of follow you around? That's my I, post, post I love game Scott. Post yeah. a little bit there. Uh, how did you kind of form that relationship with them?
5: him? Uh, Scott Nelson, he's, he's a great, he's a tremendous uh, guy. Um, I remember when he was a recruit here, or when he was coming um, on his visits, actually here. And he was actually here for the Nebraska game, so um, I kind of I knew who he was early on, and he was a safety, and of course I love you know, the DBs, so I'm going to you know, talk to him and everything. And, um, and, and a guy, he's a guy who has a lot of want to, a lot of want to, and he's, he, he's humble willing to learn like he doesn't just he doesn't desire he actually is willing to uh, you know get better so Um, and I love that you know that's he reminds me of how I was when I first came in he's actually better than what I was when I first came in so um, it's it's really cool to see it's really cool to see Um, obviously he's he's excited to you know get better and grow and I'm kind of trying to help him out with that.
4: With Nebraska running a similar style offense to the one this team runs that kind of make preparation a little easier than it would be for a team that maybe runs say, a spread?
5: Um, No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that um, I kind of yes and yes and no because you play teams from week to week and you get used to playing UW versus UW and camp and in training season and you kind of get out that mode once you get in the season. So um, I don't look at it like that. To be honest, I look at it as Nebraska. Um, they're a good team, They're a good football team. They got good schemes. Um, but I don't think, you know, there's nothing we can't handle as long as we do our jobs and, you know, we just stay disciplined and trust each other. So just got to just gotta play disciplined football. That's it. Trust each other and play disciplined football in the whole
0: Welcome back to the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter. You just heard from Dakota Dixon, the strong safety, Richard Jr., uh, having a big year and a big game against Northwestern. But after that, we turn our attention, uh, you know, after a a good defensive effort by the Badgers, albeit giving up two touchdowns late in the game. uh, They turn their attention, and they have been for the past few days, to the Nebraska Huskers, and and alongside Scott Wisdiewski, the Polish Rifle, Uh, and big thanks to Tex Western from Acme Packing Company for joining us just a bit ago, too. Uh, We have with us a former Bucky's fifth quarter alum. He is not a former alum. He is an alum. Uh, You now can see him at the Lincoln Journal Star, and he's doing big things over there for Husker Extra. We got Parker Gabriel. Parker, it's good hearing from you, man. It's good having you back on the show.
3: It's awesome to be back on the show. I was looking, based on our, uh, this tells you how much we direct message on Twitter. Right? It was more than three years ago, last time I was on. the must have been right before the first uh, Wisconsin Final Four run, or in the midst of it.
0: That's uh, right. So uh, after a
3: three-year hiatus, you don't care about Bozeman, but I'm back, and I'm happy to be back.
0: You know, you guys did have, you, 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 I was going to say, like you did cover the one Montana State play. He, oh, I forgot his corner. Um... Was it Renard, the cornerback? Right, he he transferred out to Montana State last year, right? If I'm not mistaken.
3: He was at the University of Montana. Yeah, yeah, just okay. down the road. Oh, um, I'm sorry, sorry about
0: that. But yes,
3: yeah, no, it's it's fine. They would kill you in Montana, but you know, <laughs> it's, outside of that state, you're good. Confusing the two. Um, yeah, Reynard, T.J. Reynard, he went out there. He he was a grad transfer to Montana, and he played, but he didn't come in and and just like take a starting job or anything like that. But it was interesting to see a. A former UW guy out there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, now, you, go ahead, Scotty.
2: No, no, I was going to say um, I, I had forgotten about that as you were talking about it. Um, but, you know, what's interesting. We were kind of talking a little bit off the air and and coming back into the Big Ten country now, back into Nebraska, you get there a few weeks later, they fired the athletic director. Now, prior to the season, you know, when Jake and I were talking about the Big Ten, and specifically uh, the West, we thought, you know, hey, Nebraska's a team that, you know, Always seems to be in the mix. Your impressions on everything that's going on with the Beds, we'll talk about the X's and O's and on the field stuff in a minute, but you know, with the AD being fired, likely a coach uh, being fired later in the year, how is the team taking it? What are the fans thinking, and are they where they thought they would be? Have you been impressed or disappointed as far as where you thought that they would be right
3: now in this stage of the season? Well, just wins and losses wise, they they came within a play in the season opener of having to go to overtime at home against Arkansas State, but they also came within a play or two of of taking Oregon to overtime uh, on the road. So after those two, you could make the case that they were right there to either be 0 and 2, 2 and 0, and then as a obviously a bad home loss uh, against Northern Illinois in week three and it was after that it was the Monday or Tuesday after that actually my later in the week, Thursday of that week after they lost Northern Illinois, uh, Sean, Eichhorst, uh fellow Wisconsin native uh, was fired as that life director. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, there's certainly a lot going on to be honest. I- I'm a little surprised. They're not the talent level of the roster kind of uh, all the way through is, is maybe less than what I was expecting when I got to Lincoln. Um, I – they sort of looked like an eight-win team. Um, part of that's due to schedule. You know, you get Wisconsin and Ohio State at home. They go to Penn State in November. Um, it's easier said than done, as, as Wisconsin fans and all Big Ten fans know, to just, oh, just win the games you're supposed to. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Three weeks into the season, are you supposed to win at Purdue? They're, you know, they've shown some things. And so um, – it's been active, I think, is an understatement since I I uh, got to Lincoln the last full week of August. But, uh, but you know, they've got a shot. I mean, they, they, they beat Rutgers and Illinois the last two weeks. Um, They'll be underdogs at home the next two against Wisconsin and Ohio State. But uh, there's a lot in flux in terms of, at this point, what does a successful rebound look like, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe even before we kind of even look at, at maybe both sides of the ball uh, for the Huskers, how's the injury report looking for for Nebraska? Now I saw, you know, some of the uh, comments uh, from Mike Riley's press conference on Monday saying Trey Bryant, they're running back, I think he's only played in two games, isn't avail- He won't be available, but it sounds like there may be more injuries if I'm not mistaken in, in that position group. And, and what other, you know, players could be returning back from injury this week that could help? The Huskers upset, you know, a top-ten team in Lincoln. uh, But also, what are some that could force some players out?
3: Yeah, it's a long list, uh, (laughs) and it seems like an ever-changing one. So Trey Bryant, sophomore uh, tailback, he was really good the first two weeks. He had uh, 100 and – what was he at? He he was a brush for 100-plus the first week. He was up over 100 against Oregon, and he got – he aggravated a knee – um, they don't even, they're not even really calling it an injury. I mean, it is to some degree, but he's had some sort of chronic knee issues since he was in high school uh, and it flared up on him against Oregon. And they have been talking about giving him some practice rest early in the week just to kind of monitor that through the season anyways. But he hasn't played since and he hasn't practiced since. So it's clearly, it's a it's a problem. And they have been a little bit pessimistic about it. Um, their next two running backs. I mean, Devine Ziegler was their leading rusher last year, uh, or leading. He's the leading returning rusher of the three. Uh, and Mikhail Wilbon. Wilbon's been the starter uh, since Bryant went out. He sprained his ankle. He hasn't practiced the first two days. We didn't have any availability today, so we won't have an update from Riley until Thursday evening. Um, but they're hurting there um azibo is a a good back he's capable of handling a load for a game so they're okay but they have very little room for error and then they've got two starting outside linebackers that play the same spot marcus Newby and his backup tyron ferguson both missed last week they're both practicing so uh, we'll see what happens there and their top two right tackles david neville senior and matt farniak a redshirt freshman farniak has a cast on uh he had wrist surgery he's available but probably only special teams wise neville i think will be back this week he had a stress fracture in his foot the list just goes on and on the two biggest names are in the secondary josh kalu uh, standout safety went down against oregon week two with a hamstring he could be back um and then chris jones tore his meniscus uh bob diaco their defensive coordinator called chris jones a potential all-american caliber corner uh, before the season, and he tore his meniscus in July. He's practiced this week. It's unclear. Riley's said, "Oh, it's a long ways between being cleared and being available," but he's practicing with pads on. Um, he's taking a little bit of contact, so it's a. I would be a little surprised if he played this week, but he's getting really close. So there you go. There's the short injury list at in Nebraska. <laughs>
2: So aside from you know some of the injured players being available on Saturday, let's stick to the offensive side of the ball. What has to happen for the Huskers to beat the Badgers on the offensive side of the ball this Saturday? Well,
3: they've got to protect Tanner Lee. Uh, Tanner Lee, junior quarterback, redshirt last year. He played his first two years at Tulane. Um, and he's already thrown nine interceptions. They all came across a three-game span. He was clean against Illinois, um, but before that, he threw nine interceptions over a three game span. And that's a lot. He made a lot of bad decisions. He forced a lot of balls into coverage, but several of those times, uh, he was under duress as well. And so if, if Nebraska's offensive line can keep him clean, he's got the talent and the ability to, to cause problems, uh, against anybody, but that's a big if. I mean, Northern Illinois is, front line I was actually pretty impressed with they, they had some talent um but they wreaked havoc against Nebraska and that front seven is not like Wisconsin's front seven it's not to the same caliber and so I think it's a I I think they're really going to have to go a long ways toward protecting Tanner Lee and that inhibits what you can do down the field but that's kind of the name of the game I mean what do we, Wisconsin have eight sacks last week
0: yep yeah,
3: that's yeah, that's a that's a that's a real problem for Nebraska, and that, that's a situation where if they get down or if they're having trouble running the ball, they really are going to be in a hard way trying to keep keep Lee from getting beat up.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're here with Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star, uh, Husker Extra, and, and make sure you follow yeah, for all the Wisconsin fans. Even if you, you follow them for this game, but also follow them. Uh, throughout the season and, and just forever because he's always great and uh, you see the great work that he's done. Uh, he's also a former B5Q alum. Uh, we got him here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Uh, you know, and, and looking defensively, right? And and it's one of those things where uh, you have with the, this team for Nebraska. You know, they've they've improved. I know there's a the shellacking in, in Eugene, or you know, Oregon where. You had uh, a lot of points get up in that first half, and then it seems like things you know, started to come together for Bob Diaco's 3-4 scheme. And, you know, Granted, it was against Northern Illinois. It was against uh, Rutgers in Illinois, which maybe don't boast a, a, a more dynamic set of offensive players for each, uh, each program, but uh, how have you seen their progression uh, in this new scheme and, and developing more uh, as they enter their third Big Ten conference game?
3: Well, I think they just have kind of got – it's interesting because when you follow a program closely, you can always pick apart – you can always find all the qualifiers, right? But one of the things that I, has become really clear is they have got more comfortable as the season's gone on, but they faced two really fast tempos the first two games of the season. And since then, I don't think they've defended 60 snaps in any of their last three games. And so I think that's really helped them. But Diaco was really – a technician when it comes to specific alignment, like to the to the to the nth degree, and so I think it's it's helped them to understand what he's talking about to play against teams that play a more deliberate uh, pace, and and Wisconsin obviously falls in that category, and so I think that's helped. And then I, they've just had they've really handled. They haven't played the greatest offenses the last three weeks. In fact, they've played three bad ones, but. They've also had a lot of injuries, a lot of moving pieces, and it kind of just handled it all well. They haven't haven't given up an offensive play of longer than 19 yards in either of the last two games, and you don't see that. There's a bust somewhere along the way at some point, you know, and they just have played really pretty assignment-sure ball and tackled pretty well, Um, and they've also had the luxury of not facing a real dynamic attack and especially not facing a good, uh, down the field receiver.
2: So Parker, as somebody who's not only covering the Huskers, but obviously watching the Badgers, uh, have a knowledge of this program from what you've heard there for what you've observed. If you're in Nebraska, what do you, how do you game plan? What do you focus on? What are you trying to stop with the Badgers, uh, offensively to give Nebraska the best chance to
3: win? Well, I think you, you, it's, it's, it's like anyone, right? I think at some point you have to make Alex Hornerbrook beat you. Um, and Nebraska, I think, is capable of slowing the run. Um, you know, they were down. They mounted that comeback at, in Eugene against Oregon, and Oregon wasn't Throwing the ball down the field a lot in the second half, but they did a pretty good job of handling Roy Freeman, who is probably one of the better running backs in the country, uh, when they knew when everyone knew what was coming. And so, I think you have to stop the the run first uh, and make Hornibrook throw the ball down the field. But the the issue there is that they've Nebraska is starting a pair of sophomore corners. They've been susceptible uh, to getting run by and. The last three weeks, Nebraska's had the luxury of playing their safeties. um, Aaron Williams and Antonio Reed, uh, the big physical guys, and they've been able to play them in run support, especially on early downs because they haven't been scared of – I mean, Rutgers was playing without Janarian Grant, you know, so they haven't – and Mikey Dudek beat them down the field a couple times and they got pass interference calls. And so it's just – I think it's – they need to stop the run to have a chance, but how much can they really – how much help can they really pull off the back end to do that? I think will be the big question.
0: And, you know, Parker, you know, it's, it's, it wouldn't be me without asking about the specialists. How, how are the specialists you know, the punters, the kickers, how, how's Nebraska's unit uh, this season?
3: I I was actually kind of, I'm kind of bummed. I'm excited for him. I'm glad he did it, but, uh, Jesse Temple wrote the long snapper story this week, and my boss and I were actually talking yesterday about uh, about p- a potential long story, uh, a long snapper story uh, next week around here. They've been pretty good. Caleb Lightborn, their punter, is a sophomore. Um, he's pinned three, I think, inside the five. They all came in the first two weeks. Uh, he's a little bit inconsistent. Um, Drew Brown, kicker, really good, consistent field goal kicker. Uh, drives the ball through the end zone with, with regularity on kickoff duty. Uh, and then the both turn games have the potential to be dynamic. JD Spielman, uh, redshirt freshman from the Twin Cities area, uh, wide receiver, um, is a dynamic kick return man. He, he returned the opening kickoff of the season, uh, or the first, Nebraska's first kick return attempt of the season for a touchdown. He's got a 50 yard return against Oregon. He's got a good average. Uh, and DeMorney Pearsonell, senior wide receiver, is their punt returner. He led the nation in punt return yards sophomore, been hurt a lot through his career. He's really had some problems, made some bad decisions, uh, fielding the ball, not fielding the ball this year. But he also had a 63-yard return um, against Rutgers. And so he's uh, he's been a little bit of a wild card this year, but he is a big play waiting to happen. And, you
0: know, my last question. So, oh, go ahead, Scotty.
3: Oh,
2: sorry. I was going to uh, tee one up and say, you know, from what you've seen on both sides of, of the ball for Nebraska and what you've seen in Wisconsin, if you're making a pick in this game, what's your pick and, and, and what's the score? What, what what kind of a game are you looking for this time?
3: I think, you know, it, it's a little bit tough, right? Because Nebraska's won 20 straight home night games and uh, they're 46 and five all time at night at home. Um but I think Wisconsin is pretty clearly the superior team. Uh, and I so I think it's Wisconsin. I think it's maybe by a little bit less than when the line opened. So I would say something like 31 to 20, 31 to 21. I'll say 31 to
0: 20. How about that? Gotcha. Yeah, I was thinking like 23-13-ish in terms of just 10-point, you know, like, like right, right where you're saying 10-point game-ish. Uh, you know I don't think it's going to be the two touchdown spread or whatnot you know I think it's this team I I think Wisconsin's still really inconsistent offensively from what I've seen through four games Uh, and and being in Lincoln at night I think that gives it you know a a nice boost to Nebraska too but I'm agreeing with you I think 10 point Wisconsin win on on that so it should be interesting for as much
3: as for as much as uh, as Nebraska's home field should be an advantage, they've given up – they've played three home games so far. They've given up 30 non-offensive points in Memorial Stadium this year. A part return for a touchdown, a safety, and three pick-sixes from Tanner Lee. I
0: was going to say, I mean, it, and here's the thing, too. I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, they had the pick-six with H.L. Jamerson last week. Uh, I think, I mean, if they put the pass rush on, and if you're – you know, what you said earlier – I think there's a a chance that Wisconsin could do some damage in points with the, with the defense with that. Just uh, last week, you, Jim Leonard had there some exotic, uh, they call it exotic packages, but they, he, he wasn't as necessarily as quote unquote vanilla with the defense, as you saw, maybe the first three games, uh, because they didn't necessarily need it. But they, I mean, those eight, I mean, they did things that, uh, you know, Owen Reese and I, who's uh, who covered the game with us was we're, we're both looking at them. Like, yeah, uh, they'd overload to the one side of the ball and just, you know, uh, and and just overwhelm one side and, and get a hit there and, uh, you know, among other, you know, gaplets is that you. I mean, it was impressive to see what that 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 they unleashed. It. I'm I'm wondering how they're how they're going to approach Nebraska uh, and what they do and, and and even how Nebraska if they how they try to establish a running game uh, against Wisconsin too.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, um, Nebraska struggled. You know, they, they faced 3-4 defenses, and they, like, was installed a 3-4 here, so they see they saw it all through the spring and all through camp. And then they saw 3-4 defenses the first two weeks and really struggled to handle um, the communication aspect of the twists and the stunts and the, the, the personnel movement up front. Um, it, they seem to have got that cleaned up a little bit the last couple of weeks, and they're actually starting a different center now than they were at the beginning of the year. Sophomore Michael Becker will, in all likelihood, start Saturday night. And he's been – it seems that he's been an upgrade in the communication department and he's helped the offensive line in that way. But in general, generally speaking this year, um, for having a, a veteran group, they really haven't handled um, athletic – uh, moving fronts, and obviously Wisconsin, I was just watching the replay uh, this afternoon, Wisconsin has exactly that, so that's a key matchup and one, I, I just, I'll believe it when I see it, that is prepared to handle that.
0: Parker, man, it's always great speaking with you. Uh, come back soon, uh, we'll talk more for sure, uh, obviously more Big Ten, uh, and, and have a lot more fun with this man. I appreciate your time tonight.
3: Yeah, thanks guys, thanks for having me on, it's awesome.
0: Guys, it's Parker Gabriel uh, from the Lincoln Journal Star. And uh, make sure you guys follow him uh, at Husker Extra PG. Uh, on Twitter, always a good follow, and I've been following all the news and notes there uh, from Lincoln. And uh, on that note, uh, you know, Scotty, let us uh, I'm going to take one more quick break. We'll play some audio from Leon Jacobs, who could uh, we'll see how he continues his big year here on the Kilbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza.
6: How do you feel like uh, you've you started the season off so well? I know against... Gets... I know sometimes, you know, North against, especially against Northwestern, like mm-hmm. you didn't really have the stats that some of the other guys had, but I know you, you were know, creating a ton of pressures you yeah. creating place for, for your teammates. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've kind of dominated out there so far this yeah,
4: year? Yeah, I thought uh, you Northwestern know, was the first game that we really got to straight pass rush and, you know, be free. <laughs> I thought we, all of us did a pretty good job of that. Um, the other games, it wasn't more of a pass rush game. It was more, you know, the run attack was there. So I thought that was pretty good. Is there a
0: particular pass rush you enjoy or a particular move set that you in- like to employ whether it's a bull rush or any type of Yeah, I
4: mean just like speed uh, bull rush, all those,
6: all those stuff you know, uh, you know. And, um, God gave me those you know, skill sets so and <laughs> why not use them um, I was talking to David Edwards yesterday and he said that you have a particular move where you like to, I can't remember exactly how you described it, you like to go on your second step and most pass rushers like to go on their third step, I think it's like your bull rush, you mm-hmm. you go on the second instead of the third or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel like, do you know what he's talking about there? And do you think that that yeah, uh, yeah, I know, do you I know think that really about. like throws off tackles? Or?
4: Yeah, because I'm like really quick with the, my bull rush, where some people will read it. you know, cause for me it's all all reaction. And I think part of that's because I'm probably so new to it. So yeah.
6: that's just how you felt more comfortable doing yeah, that. I guess.
4: Actually, yeah, I'm sure it'll change as I progress along, but right now it's, I'm comfortable. Um.
6: I remember a, a play in fall camp where uh, it was a one-on-one pass rushing drill and you were against David and, and you just kind of like bull rushed him and like picked him up and like slammed him on the ground. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do you know. remember that? And yeah, I think it was in indoor, right? It was actually in the practice field out there. Oh, like you okay, may have done yeah, it multiple times. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, it. Was, what was the reaction when you did that? Or were people just like, oh, that's Leon, that's what Leon can do? Or
4: I don't know. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, I was just, I don't know how to play um, but he's a pretty good guy. He's a good tackle, too. So when, whenever I went against David Dieter, I felt happy about myself because, you know, they're probably one of the more top-tier tackles in our league. So I feel good going against them every day.
0: You know, talking with uh, Coach Leonard a second ago, he mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, the stats may may not have shown, maybe with the production that Garrett put out, but yet you contributed to four sacks. Just How does it feel going out there and, and making, you know, obviously you're going to get your – tackles for loss. You yeah. made that play on that first third mm-hmm. down uh, after that turnover on Saturday. But, like, how is it feeling as a group contributing? And even though the stats aren't being enough to show it, that you yeah. guys are making a huge impact.
4: That feels good, um, you know, it's all about the team. Obviously, it will feel, feel good to get some sacks. Um, but, yeah, I always celebrating with the guys and the team. Garrett and Isaiah and I get those sacks. It feels good. Because, you know, we all put in the same amount of work, so it
6: doesn't matter it. seems like, you know, like coming into the season – um, it seems like the biggest question, like, from outside the team was whether you guys could could still have a good pass rush with yeah. TJ and Vince gone. And did you kind of take it personally that people from outside were, were kind of doubting your position group? No, and, I, and no your... I
4: didn't care because, I mean, in the spring, uh, I thought I did some pretty good stuff. Rushing the passer, Garrett did. Andrew's um, was a little bit hurt, but, no, I mean, if I was on the outside, I would be asking the same thing too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
6: how do you how do you feel like Garrett's done this season? You've been pretty impressive with what he's been able to yeah,
4: do. Yeah, Garrett's done a really good job, rushing um, the passer and to run, as a leader in our, uh, on our team and our position group. What have you
0: seen from Nebraska's offense? Uh, how how similar is it compared to the one that you face every yeah, practice? Yeah, the
4: power, counter, downplay. play. Uh, quarterbacks like Hornibrook not a dual threat like they had last year, so it's hard for like that.
0: How, how critical is their run game? Do you think to the success of, of that offense? What's that? Well, how, how critical do you think their running attack and making it successful is critical to their you know, success for an offense altogether?
4: Yeah, I think because for them they want to really get to that third and three, so first two plays are really vital to their
6: offense. Um, I know one of the one of the things that uh, Vincent TJ did really well last year was just just setting the edge of the defense. They were really good at getting you know. Getting penetration to snap and, and forcing, you know, ball carriers inside. Do you think, Was that natural for you when you switch back over to outside? Do you feel like you and Garrett are doing a good job of that
4: yeah, this year? Yeah, that was natural. You know,
6: we're all strong guys, so not, I mean,
4: with that and forward, it's not that hard. Yeah.
0: Big thanks to Parker Gabriel from Lincoln Journal Star Husker Extra. We got. Uh, Big thanks to Tex Western, Acme Packing, company talking Packers, Cowboys. Scotty, uh, got a couple minutes before we both got a jet. Any final words?
2: Uh, No, I'm looking forward to talking some baseball next week. Uh, Really kind of autopsying and uh, doing a wrap-up of the Brewers' season and missed opportunity. And I'm going to give everybody the five reasons why they missed the playoffs. And we'll talk a little bit more about the baseball playoffs in general by then the AL and NL division series will be midway through and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more of course we'll have Packer Dallas talk we'll have Nebraska uh, Badger talk and anything else that pops up in the sports world between now and
0: then absolutely yeah. And we'll preview what's going on next week Packers Vikings Badgers and Purdue a renewed P- Purdue squad which I'm actually really uh, actually kind of excited to watch in person uh, next week Uh, as well. So, stay tuned. Uh, We'll obviously talk more. Uh, Just as FYI, Scotty is a little bit of a spoiler alert. Sounds like they're bringing back war games in the WWE for NXT uh, for their next uh, uh, NXT TakeOver. So, that's uh, something intriguing for us that used to love watching WCW uh, back in the day. Uh, And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit more wrestling, too, down the road. Uh, But, uh, for the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jay Kokorowski. Dozo friend, my friends. We'll see you next week on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza.